Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60 day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, Millionaire Mindcast fan? Welcome into today's show. Yo. Big Memorial Day shout out and man, always so grateful every day. But you know, today is a great American holiday honoring the men and women who died while serving in the US military. So mm-hmm. big shout out to all of our we got a lot of servicemen and women active, who listened, present, absolutely prior family members. If you just a good old fashioned American and you love the military like I do. It's a good time. We appreciate our law enforcement, first responders, uh, medical staff and hospitals that listen to us, all of our doctors. Yes. Everybody that's out there being a uh, person of the, you know, a, a helpful hand for the public, for the for services that are in need. We appreciate you. But on Memorial Day especially, we appreciate our veterans and our active service members. Absolutely. We've got a great show for you guys today. I know you were happy with what happened a little bit last week, so we're going to talk you know, about the yeah. nice little uh, two-day pump in the know. market. I, we got I, the Fed this last week had mm-hmm. some, you know, at least what we thought they were going to say. They did, but we'll yep. talk about the Fed minutes and how that ties into, one, the economy, the market, basis points around interest rates. You've got some interesting predictions and or takes on inflation. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, but first, let's just get to the good shit, man. Well, well before we get to the good well, shit. Hold on. I have to say one thing because oh, people oh. are going to listen to this. Oh, If you were trying to contact me over the past few days. Like I was? Yeah. My phone just died. I don't know what happened while I was out of town. So I apologize to any of my listeners that were trying to contact me. Um, I'll be reaching out to everybody. I had about 54 text messages and emails. So sorry, guys, get back to you. 
Um, my phone just crapped out. You want to know what my or what what came into my um, my mind and what I was thinking? What's up? Well, I knew you were in Texas, and I saw yeah. you had posted on Instagram that you were having some nice cocktails. I know you and Alex were out there for your anniversary, but I also knew that you were, you know, hanging with some friends. Yep. And, you know, every once in a while, Ryan likes to throw a few back and Ryan turns into Rion. Rion, yep, no. He wasn't there. And I was like, I don't know if Rion came out and went a little too cray cray and like broke his phone or got arrested. My or... phone broke me. <laughs> I was, I, the funniest part is when it started, Obviously, if you've ever been to Austin, you know that the only way to get around the city is on in a scooter. So I'm riding the we scooter. We know you love the scoots. Oh, yeah. And I'm riding the scooter, and it just stops working halfway in the middle of my, you know, scooting. And I'm, like, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So anyway, figure it, I, I finally figure out my phone's not working. And it's just been the past 48 hours to get my phone back working before the week was going, but has been a nightmare. But got it back going. Shout out to my boy Arlo down at the Apple Store in Roseville. You're probably not going to listen to my podcast, but you're the man. So well, we got um, some interesting updates of, I mean, there was one headline that really oh, stuck out yeah. to me this weekend that oh, and I, I never it. wish ill will on anyone, but oh, this is not this, ill. This, this is just this well purse, Yeah. This, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's got to be accountable for their, their own actions. But mm. um, Nancy Pelosi's husband was arrested in Napa. DUI. For a DUI. Oh, boy. I can just imagine... Most expensive how, DUI in the nation. Oh, I can imagine how pissed off she was. And like, you know, I could see just the like steam coming from her ears. I would ask her that question so fast. Her saying, you know, don't you know who I am? You know, we're the Pelosi's, right? Like I could just see her trying to buy people off and I'm sure his... Old crusty ass. Was, well, Nancy wasn't and there. And you know the cops probably loved it. Nancy wasn't there. Well, Nancy I was on that. the other that's side what, of the United States. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure she was making phone calls and she was trying to pull her little strings that I'm that, sure she that has sheriff the out there, dude. They're not going to. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that ain't you, police. That's they, sheriff. They were playing. And it's CHP. It's the CHP and sheriff. The two people that, yeah, especially CHP. I almost guarantee you she got pulled, he got pulled over by CHP. And CHP's like not. Either way, most of our law enforcement in California, with how they've been treated over the last couple of years, are oh, probably like, yeah. oh, one of these folks who've been trying to bend us over backwards and defund us and talk trash about us and, you know, the 2A attack and whatever you want to call it, like, you know, they were. It, I'm, I can just imagine pulling up to the car, right? And then he rolls down the window and they're probably like, it is Christmas Homie's come 82 early. 82 years old. I know, bro's been like, dude, you're a Pelosi. Like, get a driver. Have For real. a limo toting you around. Like, I don't know. What probably happened was they went out and ate and we were driving back. But like at the same time, I when we don't, I don't have a- Get a I, driver, man. I don't ever- If I'm going to Napa and I'm I never, I never turning drive. up, I'm everybody driver. Knows, yeah, everybody knows. If you don't know already- Or get an Uber, whatever. If you don't know already, if you ever go to Napa- do not, they don't even, Ubers aren't even allowed. You cannot Uber, oh, you right. cannot Lyft. It's not allowed. And you need to drop the 1500 or $2,000 to get a driver because the DUI is like 15 or 25 grand, depending. It's pretty bad. Out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, damn, I didn't know that. I had some guys in college. It's $10,000 bail. That's their minimum, and he got hit with that. 
and then the minimum is 15 grand. Mm. So he's paying 20, and Ooh. then he's going to have to go take classes, and then he's going to have to have, have a uh, SR-22, all that fun stuff. So yeah, you know what? We'll see if he actually <laughs> has to. Oh, he will. Either way, that made my, my, uh, my day reading that headline. Me and Marie have been binge-watching. Stranger Things? Oh, my gosh. I just watched the first episode. Dude, it's like, lit. Like, like first season or first episode of this new season? Four, season four, episode one. Crackle McCrinky Bones over here with his little oh, hand of God, dude, bro. He's it, lit. It's like more adult now. Well, we just binge watched the whole thing, and then they're releasing the last two episodes of the final season in July. So basically, you can binge watch like seven episodes, and then they're making good on Netflix. Wait. Smart, but man, this is hands down, in my opinion, best season for sure. I watched the first episode. I was like, okay, where are they going with it? They're older. First two are a little slower, but I- then it just pops. Off. I'm happy with it. it. I have no pops. There's two things that good stand when you're married, freaking murder mystery documentaries and awesome shows like I mean this one is up there with like Boardwalk Empire was a big yeah, one this for is me. Hands down one of my favorite this is might be it's one of fun. my favorite seasons of any show, like top five all time. I just like it because of the music. Yeah. <laughs> Their soundtracks are their dope. soundtracks are so good. I'm sorry, guys. I know the market's been going crazy. Uh, no, right. we'll, we'll talk about the market in a little things. bit. We got some updates. For, and, and for all of you who are new to the show, welcome into the show every single week. I was just telling Ryan this last week, we like doubled our download count, which is crazy. We're already in the top 100 to 200 shows in the world for business and finance. And uh, something happened this last week where we just doubled our download count on the show. And I just want to give a big shout out to all of you guys. That, uh, that either means, um, one, people love us. Yes. Two, people care a little bit more about their money and they're looking for good mm, content. I think that's probably and happening. And three, it's a little bit of both. Yep. I'm going to go with a little bit of both. Yep. But if you're new to the show, welcome. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. On this uh, episode of the podcast, we talk all things money. Money is important. Very and, you know, now more than ever, seeing the transfer of wealth that has, one, already happened, and two, will continue to happen over the course of this next decade, is you need to be more engaged with your money now than you probably ever have in the past. And that's just the reality of the situation, uh, especially with where many people think we may or may not be headed Recession has continued to be a conversation. And, you know, I think we're seeing and have seen in terms of crypto, in terms of the stock market, and we're probably going to start to see this in the real estate market a little bit is a lot of the pork and a lot of the fluff Mm. gets sucked right back out. And there is, you know, some corrections and retooling and, you know, resetting happening in some of these um, spaces. And that's going to... really present a lot of opportunity for people like you, Mr. and Mrs. Listener, who are really looking to continue to sharpen your ax and learn and hear what different strategies are out there that are working, what are different, you know, moats people are building around their finances, what are different offensive plans that people are tooling up to take advantage of, and ultimately, what are the different things that you can use to go out and further your wealth because it's, yes, times when things are going great, mm-hmm. you can make good strides, but it's when times are not so great that you can make massive leaps. Can that you, ultimately those don't come around 
very often, right? People say it happens once every cycle. And so what you do over the next 12 to 24 months, in my opinion, could potentially allow you to cover ground that you wouldn't be able to cover over the course of the next eight to 10 years. 100%. I, uh, I was thinking about that. I was much more, much more eloquent than what was going on in my head. <laughs> um, but the, You're still thinking about shots and picklebacks. Yeah. The, um, the fact that the, the... How am I say this right? When the market goes down, people tend to care about their money because then, you know, they're uneducated and they just think that when you put money in, it just always goes up, right? It's weird. But you have to have your money go down because that's when the time is to buy. And it almost is like, oh, you know, every advisor says that and this and that. And to a degree, that is definitely true. But when it comes like when you own quality in your portfolio and the market is down, you want to add to the beaten up quality names in your portfolio. Because if you're wondering why the wealthy, the quote unquote wealthy, or what do hedge funds do or what do institutions do, they don't panic. They buy when everybody else sells because they know as long as they're not buying crap, it will come back. Mm-hmm. Um, gone are the days, and we've said this before, where you're going to have all your money into companies like Neo, like Plug Power, like all these other really fringe names that I've played around in and in SPACs making 150% right. return. And <clears throat> that stuff's probably gone for the time being until yeah. we get another market environment where that can present itself. Low yep. interest rates, lots of money moving around, mm-hmm. money supply is loose, not so tight. Um, but to think that this isn't like a positive, that is why your account balance may never get to the, to the level that you want to, because most retail investors sell on the low and then buy back in on the high and yeah. they miss that spread in there. And the spread right there is where the wealthy and the institutions and the hedge funds, that's where they make their bread off of you losing yours. It's not super hard. Um, old saying is, you know, that Warren Buffett has said, which again, I've never thought of him as the best uh, investor ever. He's a great capital allocator, but he has some good sayings because he keeps a a firm position on how you invest. Whenever there's blood in the streets, you know you want to buy, but you always want to add to quality positions because a bull market doesn't just disappear. It just goes somewhere else. So you saw Berkshire, for example, load up on um, energy stocks and utilities Mm -hmm. and value stock, which isn't them putting their money into cash. It's them buying more equities. When you see big movers start doing stuff like that and you start hearing people on you saying, I, you know, eventually I got to put my money somewhere, cash is still pretty crappy. And we had Ray Dalio, I believe, come come back out and say cash is still trash, especially when inflation is this high. You cannot put your money into cash. It's actually, it's a very unsafe thing to do because then you've charged yourself with the responsibility of timing the bottom of the market to get back in. Because if you miss any of the big swing days, like we just had last Thursday or Friday, for somebody with a multi-million dollar account, like when I have a, a lot of my clients with five, six, seven million dollars, I'm seeing their accounts go up by fifty, six thousand dollars a day. If we miss those two days, that's $110,000. That maybe we're still down, but we have $110,000 more than we did two days ago. You have to be prudent. So again, it comes down to buying quality, knowing that you have a plan, not just investments, and that plan has to run its course. And through the course of this plan, there'd be multiple downs in the market. If you work with somebody like myself, I have never told you that we're going to always make money. I tell people right up front, I'm going to lose you some money sometimes. 
just like my account's down 40 plus percent still. It's the time, it, this is the time when you strap up and you make big decisions. Like a lot of people that got into real estate investing at the end of 2009 and 10. And those are all, a lot of those people that still didn't, you know, I would say eight out of 10 of them still don't know what the hell they're doing. Do you know why it looks like they know what they're doing? It's really not hard to ride a wave up. It is, if you ask a mountain climber, I've said this analogy before, what's the hardest part about climbing a mountain? They will not tell you the climb up. They will for sure tell you the climb down. It's way harder on the way down than it yep. is on the way up. Same with investments, same on everything. But when you catch it on the way down with our investments and then you get to ride that wave back up, that's where the, the separation becomes of, are you going to be the traditional retail investor and get about 1.5 to 2% of your money compounded because you use it emotionally? Or are you going to be a prudent investor where you have a plan and you get into the teens or the 20s or the 30s compounded because you take advantage of other people's mishaps? That's the, that's the big separation. So I'm having a few of those conversations with some people right now, but I will, I will give a shout out to all those people. Some of them are listeners and some of them aren't. Once you, once you can explain it and, and, you know, it's not just, hey, you know, you don't do anything. It's this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. It makes a ton of sense. I'm, we're six months into this year now, right? Crappy, crappy year. If you started investing six months ago, or even if you started investing this year. Yeah. But in three years, the account balance, I mean, I'm you thinking about think mine. Oh my gosh. The, I had people that started investing in 2020 that at the end of 2021 had 100% rates of return in their accounts. It's not, all we did is we hit the bottom of the dip, not planning it, but just being prudent and investing when the market's down. You have to do that. Yep. So my, my recommendation, anybody listening to this, don't try to put big lump sums into the market right now because we, there's still not great technicals to, and we'll get into this in just a second, mm -hmm. to, um, to, to tell us where we're at minus the past two days. You know, two days doesn't define the market moving forward. But this is why you increase your monthly contributions and you dollar cost average. And maybe you don't do a monthly contribution, you do a bi-weekly. So you do one every two weeks and split that up. So you're taking advantage of as much of, of, of purchasing while the market's down as you can. Then maybe when the market goes up, then you peel back off. Or when you put money into your account, you save a little bit into cash or when the market goes back down. Um, I'll get off my, my pedestal now, but... That is the long, drawn-out version of what's going on right now. I think there's some stuff moving that we're going to get into here in just a bit that may give us the light getting closer and closer and closer to this tunnel that we're in right now. And each day that moves by, I'm of the opinion, especially now, that we're one day closer to when it's going to be done versus one day more into the pit, and we don't know where the end is going to be. Mm. So we're getting closer to the end, not not farther into it at this point, in my, in my opinion. So what did you see in that little two-day bump and kind of how we finished out last week? And what were some of the technicals that were at least positive or gave you guys a little bit more clarity in what felt like kind of a very foggy, cloudy sky that nobody could really ultimately decipher what, what's been going on, even though you know, some of the fundamentals that we thought were going to give a better forecast as to what the future might hold just weren't really aligned with what previous yeah. fundamentals and technicals have shown. 
Yeah, that would have been the earnings and stuff. And the earnings are still coming out pretty good. When they're bad, they're bad. I mean, when they're bad, oh, um, Walmart, Target, uh, Netflix, we can Facebook, we can see the 30, 40% drops. And this is, again, people, why you, most people listening to this show, you need to be in ETFs. You don't have the... Cojones? Yeah. Patience, yeah. I'll put, I put some of my clients into individual stocks for a portion of their portfolio, but you have to be able to ride a stock all the way up and all the way down. So that's a, another conversation for another day. Essentially, what we're, what, what we're seeing over the past couple of days is people, and really if we back it up to two weeks, we got the earnings there. So even though that, was, that didn't give us the catalyst that I thought and a lot of people thought it would because it had over the past three to four years given a catalyst for a rebound on the market, it does still hold weight. It is still something to keep in mind because you know maybe when we're, we need that triangle, a triangle is supported by two sides. So we need two, hey, this and this, hey, this and this. Um, <clears throat> when we see the 200-day moving average on the S&P 500 get broken down into, it was like 38.48, and that got broken through um, about 10, 12 days ago. And we see uh, the market start to recover and then break back through where it opened and then close higher. That to me indicated that we hit our 20%. It actually went below 20% for midday, but then it closed up. We need a little bit more time, but what happened at last week, last Thursday and Friday, those are big, big, big rebounds and rallies. And both of them were identically sustained. Um, I'm very, very, very uh, looking under the magnifying glass for the last 15 minutes of the day what happens because that's when a lot of institutions make their final pulls. And both days I'm seeing big purchasing volume. The advancing volume is much higher like on a three to one ratio than on the, on the declining, meaning a lot of cash came off the sidelines. I don't have data yet because I was out of town to see if that was retail or institutions. But my guess is because of the swing in the market, how much it was, it was institutions and large traders and hedge funds picking up with some retail investors coming in behind. Um, tomorrow when the market opens, because we're on Memorial Day today, it's going to be very telling. I, would be, I wouldn't be shocked if we have an a opening in a little bit in the red with some profit taking from the weekend. And then we'll have to see what this week holds to get real, a real good idea of where sentiment sits moving into June when we know we have that rate hike coming because we had our FOMC minutes last week and they essentially said what we've been saying for the past couple of weeks, that 50 basis point rate hike is for sure going to happen and they'll continue to raise rates through the end of the year. I think that's starting to settle on people and be less and less and less concerning as we move to learn how to work in this environment where the money supply is tighter and the initial shock and scare is wearing off a little bit. I think people are just figuring out that, yeah, things are a little more expensive. I can't have as much excess in this, but I can still afford to do stuff pretty good. I have a whole year and a half where I didn't go travel and I didn't do all this other stuff. And maybe I didn't make a ton of money, but there was a lot of free money out there that I still have. So I think people have a little bit more cushioning in the, um, than they have had in the past because they're not coming fresh out of a year where they were just spending a ton of money. It's just the things they were spending money on is tighter. Middle class, lower middle class, lower class earners, 
those are the people that are being affected. I'm really not seeing a squeeze on upper middle class or upper class or high net, ultra high net worth earners and mm-hmm. spenders. They just don't care. It's, it's, there's a level of diminishing returns with everything, but the spread on it gets so high as you hit the, the income brackets that we're talking about. When you're making two, $3 million a year, you really don't care about 30 grand. I mean, you're going to see it, but you really don't care about the additional 30, 40 grand a year out of your pocket. You can afford it. Yeah. You may not go and buy as much clothes and you may not, and that'll, you'll see that come through with uh, luxury retailers and stuff. They'll start doing sales. That's a very good indicator that they're trying to move inventory, sales. Um, but I still don't see that. I don't see, I don't see all the regular shop. I was at the mall today. Um, I don't see all these sale signs. I don't see close out. I don't see clearance getting stacked up. So it's telling me that retailers are, are being able to pass on some of this increased cost to their um, retail invest- clients and the consumers are absorbing some of that. I think that that's going to sustain for the time being and hopefully it's, it's not going to be as big of a deal as economists thought it was. Yeah, I was kind of tracking some of the stuff that was going on at the World Economic Forum in Davos. And, you know, there's a couple different, I guess, categories that you could focus on in terms of the World Economic Forum and obviously the the Great Reset and a lot of the leaders or, you know, people that are talking about the Great Reset, you know, are ultimately there. But there was some some good info that came out of, you know, what was going on um, at the World Economic Forum and... Uh, just to play a little clip from, um, I forget what her name is, but. Into a recession, but there's no evidence to suggest we should be worried about it. You know, um, consumer spending is as high as it's ever been. No slowdown. Uh, people's bank accounts in good shape. Labor market's really strong. Businesses projecting strong growth. So I think that this is, the economy is strong. Inflation is a different story. You know, there's a lot of nervousness about inflation. Uh, a lot of the political leaders from around the world. This obviously is not an America issue. You know, prices are up everywhere. And so I think where we really need to focus, obviously, is putting a lid on inflation. But as it relates to recession, I think the fundamentals uh, of growth, of CapEx, companies planning to expand, is really quite strong. CapEx is capital expenditures. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast 
And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. So that- I've been I've been saying something similar to that as I don't want to say that the garden variety or normal or whatever, but recessions are a part of our market cycle. They are a, a correcting of overly yeah, priced right. goods. We can't run at the level we were running at. I if, mean, if thing if that if, would- if that's the way the stock market worked, like by now. You and I, not being in the stock market for 30 or 40 years, we, we would just not be able to own anything because stock prices would just indefinitely go up. Mm-hmm. That mechanism is healthy and good. People just think it's not fair because Wall Street tends to, to make out better because they have insider information and stuff like that. And that's true. That's why when you work with an institutional investment advisor like myself, we get pretty good data a lot quicker than a lot of retail investors and we make decisions based off that. We are not perfect. We are wrong. Just like when, you know, the shorts on GameStop and AMC last year. Data was right. They were fundamentally wrong though. They did not think that people would write it down as much <laughs> right. as they did. So even if you have the right data, you can make the wrong decisions. Keep that in mind. The best people still fail. But it allows us to make trades with the uh, with the look far beyond just our nose mm-hmm. and saying, okay, yeah, this is happening, but that was a very well put way to say that. Inflation is really the concern right now. I think the geopolitical concerns in Russia and Ukraine are fading and it's just less sexy and you know people are more concerned about traveling. Um, I don't see a, a recession. I just don't. Um, there just isn't any data to her point to support it. There's data to support what's going on right now. And the main sectors that are getting hit are like tech. And if you look at what's been on fire the past two and a half years, it's tech. That's why you have the rise of all these young, wealthier, or used to be wealthy investors, because all they did is they bought all these companies that they were already following. And just like in the dot-com bust, they made a couple millionaires and they those millionaires made their money off of all the other people losing their money. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't buying in quality. And then I've told, talked about this a bunch of times, but I'm in these people's ears telling them, this ride will for sure end. Like, you have to diversify. No, 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 no. You're a stupid financial advisor. And I'm, I'm, you know? I've been putting money into the market for 12 months with, with, you know, stimulus money. And so I know what I'm talking about. And can't, cannot get unemotionally attached again from their money and cannot realize that, Maybe I could see my account go up by another 50%, but it could also cut in half by 70 just as fast. And maybe it would be prudent for me to say, you know what? Just like when I'm at the blackjack table and I'm hot or I'm on a, on a slot and it's hot and you have that, that, that high that you get, that adrenaline hit, that dopamine hit from like, yeah, let me push it. Let me keep going. Let me make more money. You have to take some of it off the table and re-diversify yeah. it because if you don't, You'll eventually push and you will eventually lose. Yep. Professionals happen. It's happened to Matt and his real estate. It's happened to me in the stock market. It happens to everybody. 
So having a little bit off the side and being a little vanilla sometimes is okay. Me and Matt have said it multiple times. Some of the stuff we do and most of the stuff we do isn't very sexy. Yeah, building a hotel, that's really cool. That's like, that's the sprinkles on the, on the vanilla. Um, doing life insurance retirement planning, doing private pension, those are the sexy stuff. But I mean, you have to build it with your core. Yeah. You have to have the core focus done and then you can sprinkle on the fun stuff because you have the machine running and then you 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 speculate with some of the area of their money. And it just takes time. Like That's the thing that, you know, we've beat this dead horse over and over. It, yeah. it just takes time to... At least now all the people that, that, that was hitting their ear and going out one other and, and they weren't registering it, you may not have all that money now. Maybe you had all your money in crypto like an idiot. Maybe you thought that you were... That, that, um, some one stock, you know, having 90% of your money in one stock was a smart idea because it, it went up and now it's down by 50 or 60% and you're scratching your head like, holy crap, maybe I don't know. Um, I think the best part about the past three years is it encouraged people and taught them that investing is very important and it can be fun and it's rewarding. I think the worst thing that it did is it made it a game and it made people think the game was very easy to win mm-hmm. because of the market environment we've been in. And people are very quickly waking up to the, to the fact that it's not. And that's the same in the real estate investment world. Oh yeah, we've, I mean, we're seeing the market shift. You guys know we've been tracking all of this data. Inventory is up. And I've been saying this for a while. It's, it's going to continue to trend in this direction. It's almost up 6% month over month. It's up three, uh, 11.4% year over year. It's up 5.7% yeah. week over week. Oh, is that week over week? Week over week. Oh, and it boy. is up Those 51% are... since March. Now here, to keep it in perspective, you know, I think some of the things that are important to you know, continue to track is the fact that you know, where inventory was at two years ago, it's still down almost 50%. Where inventory was at, you know, compared to 2019, it's currently down 61%. So even though it's trending upwards and it's still trending in a direction that we're going to have more supply, historically, it is still yeah. so low. It's going to take a while. It's like bragging about the movement in the stock market last week. <laughs> right. I mean, so like, you know, is, <coughs> is that concerning? Is the market going to crash? Is it going to swing, you know, from a seller's market to a buyer's market overnight? No, it's not. You know, with where the rates are at and going, all I'm saying is all the trends of where things are heading towards is for a healthier correction in the in the real estate market. No crash. I There's so many people out there that are spewing all kinds of bullshit right now and I'm getting pretty tired of it to be honest because Welcome they're not really <laughs> they're not really tracking the real data and what it looks like in the macro. They're just looking at the micro trends and going, "Oh, inventory's up 51% since the seasonal march. Supply is drastically different. It's a buyer's market now." You know, the Fed raised rates and they're going to go another 50, you know, bips in June and that's going to, you know, kill demand and, you know, it's going to completely suck out all of the absorption of, you know, supply and it's just going to sit there and days on market are going to go up. Yeah, all of those things are going to happen, but in the macro perspective of what data set we're looking at, it is still historically well below any healthy level that ultimately would say the market is crashing and 
things are just correcting right now. And just like they did in the stock market. And yeah, just like I they think did. correcting though in your world is a lot different than mine. So like correcting in the stock market happens really fast and you just see your account balance goes down. I, I want to make sure, so we actually talked about this a couple weeks ago with one of our economists. A correction in the housing market does not mean prices start to trend down. It just means they stop going up very fast. And that's really all it means. Correct. Um, that's that's literally what it means. You have to have a a like there's like a correction, recession, crash, and stock market all means red. That's that's a those are red terms. They're not necessarily red terms in real estate because it just means that they have to say that to people like it's correcting itself to go back to normal. And you really won't see the normalcy start to take effect until it gets back to par level. It's going to continue doing what it's going to do until it gets to par level. To Matt's point, days on market may go up. Cost of money may go up. We're hitting summertime though and people are sitting on the most equity they've ever had in their houses. They're going to shift. You're going to see another huge movement of people from states that they don't want to live in anymore. Mm -hmm. Yep, and go to states that they do want to live in. And guess what they're going to have to do, folks? They're going to have to sell their current home and get the most money they've ever got for it. And they're going to have to buy somebody else's and pay the most they've ever paid for it and pay, a, pay a, the highest interest rate they paid on a mortgage in 45 years. And guess what? The sun will come up tomorrow and everything will keep rolling. Banks will start to uh, report earnings on profits towards the end of the year, Q3, Q4. Mark my words on financial stocks towards the end of the year. Those are going to be hot fire. They're really great to enter into right now if you have a diversified portfolio. And then you're going to start to say, oh, wow, banks are making money. Job market is good. Job demand is good. We did sell all those houses. Look at that. Look at inflation moderating. Yes, it's higher. Sorry, we printed off all this money and we had to give people money. We have to pay for that now. But life's still going to go on. We just got so used to and lulled into this low interest rate oh, yeah. trap that people don't understand that like money can cost more. People fell into we this can, crazy make money. spell, you know. But at the end of the day, just because some of these things are trending in a direction that you emotionally don't like or can't handle or manage at the moment, doesn't mean that the bottom of the world is dropping out from underneath us, right? And Correct. so it's going back to playing the long term game. Everything is, you know, at least the good stuff. Wealth-wise is made in the crock pot, not the microwave. And so it's, you know, just looking at what the data is telling you right now. Like right now, you know, foreclosures are up percentage-wise mm -hmm. drastically. Well, guess what? There were moratoriums on foreclosures for the last two years. There was 0% of foreclosures. So all of a sudden, if you see some foreclosures trickling in through the system and you know banks are starting to move that process along again, that doesn't mean we're gonna see all kinds of distressed inventory hit the market no. and the market is you know turning back into a, a very you know volatile. No, that doesn't mean that. That just means that the data says we didn't have anything going on for the last two years and we're gonna see foreclosures trend upwards. We will see that this year from record low levels, but it's not going to be some huge wave of foreclosures, you know, that happened in the previous housing bubble. I'm looking at, you know, Price Schiller Index here on one to four family residential. And I mean, where we're at over the last, let me see if I can pull it up, over, since 2003 to 2022. So, you know, almost 20 years. I mean, the uh, kind of bell curve on this chart, it is 
outside of the last two years in 2022, still the lowest since 2003. 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, right? 13, way higher. We're talking, you know, billions of dollars of foreclosures, you know, close to $20 billion worth of foreclosures happening every single year. It is below like one and a half right now. I think it's like 788 million right now, something like that total. So, I mean, we're talking like really low levels of actual value. distress in the market. Yeah, value. value. Yeah. Correct. There's there's like, I think there's like, isn't there, it's almost $30 trillion in real estate in the United States? That I don't know. I don't want to misspeak on that. I shouldn't I am, know that. I that's almost think it's somewhere around that number. So but we're, we're talking about, like, yeah, 788 in million in Q1 2022 that is real estate owned. I mean, and that, the, that is so small compared to what we've got. So- in the grand scheme of things, you know, here's what I will say. I think there's going to be opportunistic buys That's for what people. I was just going to say, yeah. So banks are going to be offloading property. They're going to be like, give me our money. That, and yeah. I just think more people are going to not have properly planned to weather a little lull in certain markets. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to have prepared for the seasonality that I think we're heading into. And like you said, right? Like upper middle class wealthy, high net worth, ultra net worth, you know, individuals, they're salivating for these types of seasons and they're ready for these types of seasons. It's the middle, lower middle, poor, ultra poor. They're going to be the ones that ultimately did not plan for this. And those are going to be where there's uh, opportunities, opportunities to, you know, one, it'll help you grow your your wealth if you want to buy real estate. But at the end of the day, you're also going to be able to help people through challenging times and situations when they don't have any other options. Yep. So I think, you know, if you're somebody that has been waiting for the last five years of like, when's the market, you know, going to switch and shift so I can go and buy my house. I do think there's going to be opportunistic buys over the next couple of years to invest in real estate that is going to create the next wave of millionaires. If you're not a millionaire, that's going to create the next wave of decamillionaires. If you're not a decamillionaire, that's going to create the next wave of billionaires that ultimately like with inflation and what, you know, a million is, you know, going to be what 10 million is in five or 10 years, right? So I just think that if you're planning accordingly right now and you're getting yourself in a good position to take advantage of what the market is going to give us. The data is showing it's going to give it to us. It's already given it to us in stocks. It's already given it to us in mm-hmm. crypto. I think that's going to happen and play out over the next you know, couple years in real estate. And it's going to, like you said, continue on and ride the wave. I hope you all are with us. So if you're not with us and you're not subscribed to the podcast, we always love and uh, invite you guys to hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review and whatever mm-hmm. platform you enjoy listening to this content on. If you haven't taken advantage of the free financial x-ray and just connect him with Ryan and his team, like he said, you know, an institutional advisor and the group that he has behind him that you guys get to have on your team is something that, you know, one, selfishly, I'm very grateful for because you guys have done extremely well for me even outside of this little turbulence, right? That everybody is experiencing. No one's been exempt from this. Mm -hmm. You know, my money continues to grow 
without me having to be the one to feel the weight of that on my own shoulders. I'm out focusing on building my real estate wealth, building hotels, doing what I want to do right. You've got my life insurance and you know all my brokerage accounts and everything else that ultimately in the stock market, I don't want to be the expert in, right? So understanding who's on your you know, team, your board of advisors, your directors, especially in times like right now where opportunity is going to be out there. If, if it's not you and you're not the expert and you know you're not the expert and you can check your ego at the door and humble yourself, go find the expert. And that's one of the amazing things that Ryan and his team do for all of our Millionaire MyCast listeners. So text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555 if you're an accredited investor and you want to know about my syndication and investment opportunities for some passive income through real estate, you can text the word DEALS to connect with me and my team to that same phone number, DEALS to 844-447-1555. This coming week, we've got some more reports coming out that we will definitely be tracking and discussing to give you guys a little more insight on what we're going to see. I think we got on, uh, just to give you guys a quick little agenda, uh, obviously, you know, we got Memorial Day on Monday, so everything is closed. Tuesday, we got the S&P Case-Shiller House Price Index. That'll be very interesting to just show the year-over-year change and seasonally adjusted national index um, of, you know, the housing market. Uh, we've got the FHFA House Price Index. We've got, uh, let's see, on Wednesday, the Mortgage Purchase Application Index. So are we seeing which yeah. we know what that know, probably that is going to be trending down still, downwards, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, we got job openings and the labor turnover survey. That'll be something that will be... Is the jolts? Yes, yeah. jolts. Yep. yep. We've yep. got uh, manufacturing index, construction spending. I, as ISM manufacturing, right? Yes, ISM yep. manufacturing index for May. Um, we've got construction spending, the Federal Reserve. What's the Federal Reserve beige book? I need to, they have a black book and a beige book. Give me five seconds. It says an informal review by the Federal Reserve Banks of current economic conditions in their districts. I'm pretty sure that it's there. Yeah, I think it's a like non-technical opinion on what they see. Got it. Yes. We got light vehicle sales. And then Thursday, we got ADP employment report for May, initial weekly unemployment claims. And then Friday, we got the employment report for May. Yeah. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday should be the big days. Yeah. It looks like we got some good reports that we'll uh, circle back for you guys on next week's episode. With that being said, if you got any questions, comments, don't forget to reach out to us. Text us 844-447-1555. Follow us on social media at official Mattie at Mr. Breedwell Mm. and at our Breedwell, our Breedwell. Yep. And uh, until next week's episode, guys, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million band. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases 
overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that X-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. 